Hello there, and welcome to episode five of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I am Tim Geddes. I'm here with the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moyarty and Greg Miller. It's a lot to live up to, really. Yeah. I like the fact that this is episode five, mm-hmm. and it's the first time we've had a guest. Mm-hmm. And so now it is, it's, whenever there's guests, Colin makes old fashions, and I'm, ha- I'm, I'm pro <laughs> that. Yes. Now I will book guests for this show every week. Exactly, makes sense. And uh, you brought attention to the fact that this, we, this week we have our first guest, Andrea Renee. Of the internet. The internet, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, the, the internet. Internets. But more specifically, where do we know you from? Um, well, you probably know me from GameStop. If you've been inside of GameStop um, recently, I host GameStop TV. And I also host... No, I don't want the strategy guide. <laughs> <laughs> it depends which game you're getting. You might you might change your mind about that. That's and then true. you're going to have true. to go back. I need those Tetris tips. Exactly. Yep. exactly. And I also work for Game Trailers. So mm. I host videos over there. It's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun team. That is fun. Yeah. What I like about you is you are everywhere in the video game industry. Yep. Like every event I'm ever at, you're there. You're doing stuff. Everyone knows you. Everyone likes you. You might be one of the coolest dudes in video games. Oh, yeah. what? Oh, it's Does everyone like me? I don't think that's I think true. Think I've never heard a negative word about you. And I've heard a lot of negative words about you. You must not people. read the yeah. internet. Well, I didn't, no, I didn't say, <laughs> well, I, didn't say I, haven't read, I haven't read <laughs> negative things about you. But with, uh, when you're in, when with our peers. Yeah. Oh, okay. like, oh, oh that's Andrea. really nice, guys. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sweet. Also, this is delicious. Mm. I'm oh, happy to hear that. Good. Colin's very good at making old-fashioned. As soon as he hangs up this YouTube career, that's what he's going for. It's almost time. If Andrea's at every event, you know, kind of being talked over, I like going into events and not know anyone knowing I'm there and then leaving really quickly. Mm. The ninja. Was, they hand you like the, they, like the skewers, yeah. they hand you the sticks thinking yeah. you work there. Can you throw this away? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg knows how it is. That's why Greg and I always go to events together because Greg can, can do all the talking. I, I'm a little shy in like big groups like that. Yeah. And so I like going to events and just like burying my head in the kiosk for two hours and then being like, I gotta go. We work well together. Yeah. The yin and the yang. Yeah. I love going to events with Greg. Yeah. Because you know everyone and everyone likes you and I just stand next to you and people end up knowing me. (laughs) So it works well. Exactly. It works well for everybody. I want to give you a shout out. It was very heartening. We didn't go to PAX South. You know, we, we weren't sure when we were getting ready to quit the job how things were going to go in the first month. If a, if a trip to San Antonio made sense financially. Turns out it would have made plenty of sense. We, we didn't know you we were going to be so great to us. Mm. But uh, it was, you know, I'm looking at all the tweets and I'm like getting like, oh man, I wish I was there. I love Pax Ball. Oh, and then man. you tweeted about all the kind of funny shirts you're saying. I'm like, oh. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of them. A lot of um, kind of funny shirts and a lot of Game Over Greggy shirts. And uh, I had to had to razz you just a little bit because mm. you guys were no, there, but no, totally understandable that you weren't, you know, your first month. You wanted to wait and see how it was going to go, but definitely go next year. Pack oh, yeah. South was great. Was it good? Was it fun? Yeah, all the people were great. There were so many people who had never been to a con before, mm. and I think I've just been to so many for work that you forget that magic that you felt the first time yeah. you walked into your very first yeah. convention. Your eyes get all wide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and this one kid, he was... He was so sweet. He, I was talking to him because I was there with Adam Sessler doing some really cool Never stuff. Never heard with, of him. Yeah, this, this, this little guy. Um, doing some stuff for a Logitech at, at their GTV booth, which was really fun. And he was like, oh my gosh, this is my first convention. I just can't believe, like, it's just so huge. It's just so big in here. And I was like, oh my God, kid, PAX Prime would blow your tiny yeah. mind. <laughs> your tiny mind. Man, what was your first convention you guys ever went to? Oh, God. Icon, I think, was my first one, which is a comic convention on Long Island. And that probably only brings, I don't know, 10,000 people to Stony Brook, which is a university. So I think that was my first one. In the back of a wizard, there was an ad for the the suburbs of where I was, of suburbs of Chicago and Glen Ellen. At the Holiday Inn, they were going to have a comic convention. And it was just like one ballroom, right, of just comics. It was just weird. And the first, like, major convention I ever went to was uh, Chicago Comic Con, when it was still Chicago Comic Con, Mm -hmm. before it became Wizard World, before it became C2E2. And like mm-hmm. me and my dad went every year then from then on out, and that was like one of those awesome things. Especially now, when I always I always tell this story when I'm at E3 or PAX, and a dad and son come up to me, 
and the and the son's freaking out to meet me and that I always make a point and be like, Dad, do you like video games? And the nine times out of ten, like, no, nah, I'm just here because you know he yeah, loves yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm like, my dad did the same thing for me with comics, and he's gonna look back on this and be blown away. I was gonna all. say, yeah, you really bonded with your dad back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that was the that. thing because my dad is a collector. My dad likes to collect things. Like every the weekends, he's out at estate sales just looking for fucking tins and matchbooks and crap like just garbage that it's one of those things i think about it sometimes so he's a like, hoarder i'm like he's gonna die and what am i gonna do when i have to go to this attic and figure out all this crap that's what you're thinking about when your dad passes away yeah. so what am, what am well, i gonna be in a better place by then he won't have arthritis mm-hmm. anymore he won't be there to ask me who died in the daily herald uh, oh my god but no that's the thing of like how much that means to me now like you know at the time mm-hmm. you don't even think about it but you know how happy he was just to take me and be there with me and do something with me mm-hmm. that was fun yeah, I'm from North Dakota, so there were never any conventions when I was growing up. But I also uh, developed a love of video games with my dad. Um, so my first convention that I actually went to was in my professional career when I moved to Los Angeles and worked E3 for the very first oh, wow. time oh, in 2008. Oh, wow. But that was that was a really kind of um, – that was the year before it got really small. I don't know oh, if you guys remember. So was that was, the Santa Monica year? No, it was in between. So Santa Monica, I believe, was 2007. And then it went back to the convention center in 2008. But then in 2009, it was like smaller and weird down in that that sub hall. Yeah. Um, But it still was really amazing because I remember uh, reading the ad for looking for somebody for a host. They're like, we can't pay you, but we can get you inside of E3. And it was with the bit bag with Torrance Davis, to this day, a good friend of mine. Um, and it was such a mind-blowing experience as yeah. a lifelong video game fan, like, going into E3 for the oh, first sure. time. Yeah, Absolutely. I think E3 is definitely that thing. When you're a kid, you just dream about it. You're just like, one day, I hope I get to make it there. My first convention was also E3, 2010. It was the year that uh, Kevin Butler did the the speech. Every, oh, yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was so awesome because uh, me and Alfredo won. We won a video contest to go down to E3, which started my whole career at IGN and stuff, so that was awesome. But... Um, we got we won tickets for a Sony thing. We got to go to the actual press conference, and we lost our minds. And when Kevin Butler came out with it, this is the best. And so thing I don't want I don't want to play favorites, but press conference day, Sony always has the best experience at the conference. It's always way too way I love too Nintendo. long. I'm with Nintendo, but, always. But they have um. They don't do it anymore. Exactly. They have like <laughs> and the, the direct the food is still trucks. And, yeah, the food know, trucks the, are the awesome. Drinks right. and everything. They have it down to a science. There, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would say that the con- as as PlayStation fan and you too, Greg, the conferences aren't long enough. <laughs> I want to see 45 minutes to an hour dedicated only to Vita. If they did oh it, then yeah, that was the whole. That was what was so great about PlayStation Experience. That was they great. Were like, about oh, you know, our E3 conference isn't nerdy enough for you. Here's Geo Corsi in a hockey jersey to talk about Vita games. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, yeah, tell us all about yeah. that, please. All right, so the whole rigmarole of this show. You can go to kindoffunny.com and get everything there because Nick Scarpino made that website look beautiful and do all the things. Uh, but if you want to go other places right now, you can go to patreon.com slash games to get all of the shows early, specifically Gamescast. You should do that. And uh, if you don't want to pay, that's cool. Wait till next week. Get it on youtube.com slash games or on iTunes. Just search for Kind of Funny and all your dreams will be there. Oh, wow. All your dreams are there, all too. Of them. Yeah. All of your dreams. There's three that's podcasts. Quite, there's Game Over Greggy the Show. There's Kind of Funny Gamescast. And then there's your, all of your dreams. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm glad we have that a, It's a new one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's big. So, first topic we're going to talk about today. Is the Vita dead? No. No. Yes. Now. Now I'm just kidding. This is brought on. <laughs> here it is. I brought on by some news. I'm going I'm to do some reading here. All right. Sony is to stop support for maps, YouTube, and elements of Nier in the coming PlayStation Vita updates. Sony is quick to point out that if you're a YouTube user, the Vita's browser will still offer access to the video streaming service. No reasons have been given for the removal, but we've reached out to Sony, and if we hear anything, we'll let you know what's what. So there you go. 
We don't know the Who's answers. that from? Who wrote this, that? This is IGN.com. Okay. Never heard of him. Yeah. And uh, in addition to this, Sony has confirmed that Spotify is coming to the phones as a new music service called PlayStation Music. And they will no longer have Sony Music Unlimited. Bummer. Here, here. Congratulations. Yeah. I know. It's That's about a good time. Move. So here's the thing. People are upset about this. The internet is ablaze with, why are you taking away our features? And this sucks. And this is, They keep saying, this is the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. This is Sony's first step at getting out of the Vita. Yeah, and it's just like, does this matter, guys? Because personally, no. No, I mean, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about Nier, all right? Nier, well, let's, let's back up a minute, all right? There's no bigger evangelical voice for PlayStation Vita in this entire industry than Greg and I. Fucking nobody, you know? So I want, I want, to, be, I want to be very clear about that. I'm going to repeat that. No one loves the Vita more than Greg and I. Alright? With that said, with that said, no one understands how to use Nier. It's incomprehensible. It's fucking stupid. I don't think that anyone that even made it understands it. I've never met anyone who understands Nier. So getting rid of Nier makes sense because we, we can't delete it from Vita. It takes up space and it annoys the shit out of me every time I turn my Vita on. Right? So, fine. Get rid of that. Okay, it annoys the shit out of you every time you turn your Vita Yeah, because it's there. It's you just there on my the, fucking screen. You put it in the PlayStation crap folder no, like I made. I'm not going to make a fucking folder. <laughs> it's not so upsetting, though. It's just like on iPhones when there's like, now everyone has a crap folder. It's sure. Like, let me delete true. this. That's yeah, so I, I agree I with that. Yeah. I mean, getting rid of maps is fine. YouTube, whatever. I don't think it's them. I think at first blush, you look at it and you're like, okay, this is bad news. They're starting to get out of the game a little bit. They're trying to ramp down. But it doesn't make any sense because if they wanted to ramp down on Vita, they would just ignore it. You know, YouTube, the YouTube app would eventually break and Nier no, doesn't work anyway it. and the maps won't get updated. So it's like, I think they're removing things for a future where they pay less attention to the Vita than they already do. I think that they're saying, like, these things actually require patches and updates and we want to get rid of them. Like, so we don't have to worry about YouTube anymore. Use your browser. Uh, we don't have to worry about Nier anymore. No one even cares about it. Maps, no one cares about it. No one has a 3G Vita anyway. So I think, you know, when you look at the... I've said it before. There are more games announced for Vita than any other platform. So the... You know, and they're not exclusive games for 95% plus of them, but they're coming, hundreds of them. So Vita has a future. I think Sony realized that as a future, but I think they have to start getting out of the idea of fucking with the Vita all the time by like patching it constantly and stuff sure. like that. So I think that this is the first step of them saying Vita is what it is. Buy it if you want it. It's a great remote play device. It has its great games and these little things that we have to kind of tweak, we don't have to tweak anymore. I think it, I think it's future proofing it so they don't have to deal with it again ever you know as much. So yeah. that's my opinion. No, know. that's good. Uh, move on to the next topic. No, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the big thing. Is I, I think they have all the stats on this. Who's using near? Who's using the YouTube app? I mean, YouTube is meticulous about where your traffic comes from. Mm -hmm. They know what devices are doing it, and probably less than a percent is Vita. So why put any more time into making this thing work and make it work with whatever the next version of YouTube is and do these different things? Get out of the game. Mm -hmm. Near sucks. We've been saying get rid of it forever. Mm -hmm. Maps nobody uses. Get rid of it. Focus your resources when it comes to Vita on the things that matter to people, yeah, which are games and making it work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have you guys ever watched something on YouTube on your Vita? I think when it first launched, no. I opened up, I was like, yeah, and then never again. I think it's in it's in mm. one of my crap folders where I'm just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, so, like, getting rid of it make, makes complete sense. And, like, the idea that it's dead right after they had such a huge showing at PlayStation Experience is just ludicrous, right? Like, I mean, they have a bunch of games in development, and I know that they want and they've publicly said that they want to work with more publishers mm. on third-party projects to port more games to Vita when and where they can. Yeah. Making the list. Building the list. list. Building the list, I'm sorry. You've been hashtagging the wrong thing. No wonder your game. No wonder no one's listening to me. I've never had I don't use hashtags very often unless they're hashtags I've made up. Okay. Like believe mm -hmm. with the L I that's capitalized. You made that up. No. I I don't just made that up. I made the hashtag up because you can't capitalize certain things. It's just believe. And then you mm -hmm. click on it and it's just a bunch of shit that has nothing to do it's with the It's a lie. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. Yeah. It's all it's all a lie. Yeah, no, I I think that 
you know, Vita's doesn't have a vibrant future. It never had a vibrant future, like, since it launched, right? It, it is what it, it is. It seemed like it had a vibrant future. It when did, it it's did when vibrant. I boldly predicted oh, well, that it was going to sell. It does in certain markets. The United States is just not that market, right? It's it's still doing really well in Japan, and I think it's going to continue to do well there because that's, you know, where they're pushing the most software support. But until, you know, they can overcome that idea that the Vita doesn't do anything else but play games... You know, they're never going to really grab onto the American market. I mean, 3DS has done, I think, a better job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's because a lot of um, gamers in you know the West in particular just have a longer love affair with Nintendo than they do with PlayStation. True. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. And obviously the first party games are a big draw too. They tried. Sony tried, right? Like Killzone was good. It was really good. It might That might be the best Killzone game, you know, is the one on Vita. Mercenary? Uh, yeah, and Uncharted was good. Golden Abyss was good, and we heard that tragic news last week that you know Bend was going to make another Uncharted. Supposed news. Supposed news. Yeah. That's the, bit, the real tragedy of the supposed news was the death of an infamous game before it even got out of the. Yeah, womb. I know. I know that sucks too. Somebody aborting infamous games, and I am down with that. Oh pro infamous. <laughs> um, pro. <laughs> that's good, Greg. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Vita's fine. I, I I agree with Andrew. But that's like, the thing the, is, it's, it's fine. Yeah, I, and this is why the, the the you know people get mad about oh, you're hashing old news. The the overall topic is Vita dead is it is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. It's not dead, but I, is it ever going to go anywhere else? Is this what the Vita is? Is the real question? Yeah, this is it'll, what it is. Well, it'll only go somewhere else once PlayStation decides to commit a substantial amount of resources to making games developed specifically for right. the Vita hardware, and we're just not seeing them do that. Like first party hasn't come out the gate and said we have this awesome lineup of games you can only play on yeah. your Vita. I mean, yeah. when I was at PlayStation Experience, one of the few, if not the only, exclusive that I played there was Severed, and that's being made by Drinkbox, yeah. not being made by you know first party. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what they would need to do, but I don't think. That's where PlayStation's, you know, mo is right now. Yeah, I think they're, they're still pushing PS4 really hard. Their bread hard is and... buttered, really, obviously, with the PlayStation 4. Once yeah. the PlayStation 4 came out and did so well, did beyond everyone's predictions. Uh, I think that was the moment, right, where it was yeah. like, all right, well, we're gonna focus on this. We're no, we're not gonna let Ben go make a Vita game. No, we're gonna get them to go work on a PlayStation 4 game. Everybody's working on a PlayStation yeah. 4 game. So if you're one team, that's it. Don't worry about it. And then you see things like Tearaway, which like are examples of that, where it's like made for the system and all that. And then now the next one's coming out. For PS4. Yeah. It's just kind of like, all right. Yeah, and I mean, it's happening a lot. It happened with Big Fest 2, which was, you know, they only talked about it as a Vita game, and that's second party, but that, and then they, they brought it, you know, to PS4, I guess, too, because they just understand these games aren't going to sell. I'm surprised we haven't seen Mercenary Golden Abyss actually ported off either, although the, both those games sold very respectably, especially Uncharted sold over a million copies, but um, yeah, I mean, there was always, there was rumors as of last year that Sony Cambridge, which made, you know, which is now Guerrilla Cambridge, which made Killzone Mercenary, was working on another Vita game that got cancelled. Who knows if that's true or not, and they've pivoted to PS4, and obviously Bend, who made the engine for Uncharted, and this was one of the things that that, that source talked about, is that yeah. we made an engine too, so, you know, no one else used it, except for maybe Zipper used it with the Unit 13, and that didn't work out very well for them. Um, so, yeah, everyone's everyone's off. The only the only first party that's going to have their hands on Vita games going forward is Studio Japan, and um, they're getting, uh, you know, with Freedom Wars, for instance, but... Padapon. Yeah, that <laughs> you're never gonna Pad, Padapon's Padapon. done. You're never gonna see Padapon again. Never gonna see another Padapon. No, I don't even so. on PlayStation Four. Even a collection. I don't know. I, what, a even a special edition PS Four. Uh, a special edition <laughs> PS4 that only plays Padapon. <laughs> but even with Freedom Wars, like, even with Freedom Wars, like Studio Japan's turned very much into Sony Santa Monica in the sense that they're just producing a lot of games now. Yeah. Obviously, Santa Monica's producing produce Hohokam and they help produce Journey and all the stuff from Giant Sparrow. 
they're pro- helping produce the Order 1886. Same thing with Studio Japan. They're helping produce Bloodborne. They had their hands in Freedom Wars, but Freedom Wars wasn't made by Studio Japan. It was made by Dimps and Shift, yeah. which are two Japanese studios. So and it was amazing. Everybody buy it. Let's get another Freedom Wars. Come so, on. It's so it's said. I, I agree with what Andrea is saying. Like I think that without first party support, and we've said this many times, like the the, the the handheld can't thrive. And if you're not willing to keep your first party games on it, like they did with Tearaway, then and I think, by the way, removing Tearaway gave Media Molecule something else to do while they figure out, you know, the PS4 game that they've been working on because, you know... The old clay wobble. Yeah, because I, I don't... I'm super interested to see what they're doing. I feel like that was a stopgap for them to be like, we need to do something else while we, you know, get this game off the ground. Yeah. Um, everyone's working on PS4 games. Shuhei told us that two years ago, so it's not it's not a surprise. It's just a surprise that none, none of the ancillary parties are making, you know, a Vita game. Yeah. Well, and if they're not going to make games, it would be cool to see them um, make some kind of support where you can cross-play with your Vita and your PS4 at the same time. Like, we've seen that with the 3DS and the Wii U with games like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate yeah. where you can, like, you know, play at the same time with both units. And we haven't really seen, Bros, you know, mm-hmm. something like that with Vita and PS4 yet. Unless there's you guys like, can think of a good example. There's been only a couple in, yeah. like, in their tiny games that I can't remember to even reference. But I know for a fact there are But games. there hasn't <laughs> been, like, a, a standout, like, AAA experience. No. Oh, no, no, no like, AAA experience. Do you want to buy a Vita? I know, like, what we were talking about earlier in the year, we were saying how awesome it would be if they for holiday in 2014 they would have made Vita PS4 bundles where you can buy both and they really push remote play Mm -hmm. but we never saw that and I think until they can develop cool ways to use your Vita with your PS4 then there's no incentive to buy that um, PS4 or the Vita unless you're specifically using it for remote play the train left the station for that one at launch with Madden if you if they could have thrown given co-developed Madden with EA to make them feature complete from PS3 at the time to the Vita right and then bring your save with you like never stop playing Madden that would have been end game you know what I mean instead they did it for the show and even that was wonky you had them buy them both mm-hmm. da 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 full pr- and the show is not a full fledged game on Vita yeah feature complete is, so. and so I mean if that would be the and I know how hard that would be I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the imagination but that would be the game changer in the way of like never stop playing which was their slogan of course which is what they got sued about when they made it look like every game could just you could take it on the go and go play it you know what I mean like if they could have done that that would have been fine now the Vita is in that realm of hardcore gamers love it I love mine so much because I get to play all these great indie games that mm-hmm. I missed on PC that now come to the Vita that I get to go play. And, I, you know, I love that, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I wanted for trips. And Monster, you know, Freedom Wars were so great at that when it, when it launched, being, you know, on the go with Christine in Missouri and going to coffee shops and just playing for hours, just her and I just sitting there. It was so much fun. I want to do that. But you need more experiences like that to get it outside of that realm. And I, don't, I think that's where it's at. I think that... We always make fun of Craig Harris on GameScoop that one time when I got I yelled at him when he said the PSP was in a six-year tailspin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is impossible. That's a landing at that point. But, like, this is what I think everybody always thought, and not everybody, but all the negative Nancys used to say about the PSP. Mm-hmm. That, oh, there's no games on it. Da, da, and there's a million games on PSP. Yeah. PSP had so much going for it. Whereas this system is, like... This is for the hardest of hardcore gamers. Like you, you could totally get by without one of these. But if you get into this ecosystem, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, the PSP is interesting too because that one was definitely more focused on. There was no iPhones at that time, so it was like that was the only way to get portable video and all that stuff. So the non-gaming stuff, even like there was a ton of games for it. But you know, even back then, it was easy to say there's no games on the PSP in relation to like the the consoles and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you bought it for. The novelty of being able to watch videos and like sure. YouTube doesn't. and all that random stuff too, yeah. and it's like with the Vita, with them taking away these features, it's like it's not as big of a deal because you have that in like ten other devices yeah. on your tablet, on your phone, on your 3ds. Even I mean, the big thing is. of them taking away this stuff now from the Vita is them 
paring down this system to be more in line with the line on PS4, which is this is for gamers. This is a gaming machine. I'm sure if if the Vita hadn't existed till now and everything had happened with the PlayStation 4 has happened with the PlayStation 4, this motherfucker would not have touchscreens. It would not have a back touch. It would not be focusing on all this. Oh, it does this, that, and the other. It'd be like, it plays games. It plays great games on the go. Mm-hmm. Do all of that. You know, we don't, we don't have these gimmicks and these hokey things with it. You know what I mean? And that's the where you can kind of see it's that in between between all the mistakes of the PS3 and all the success of the PS4. They yeah. want to come out, they want to do this, they want to attach stuff to it. Though. And I think at the end of the day, I understand, this is the first time I read news about Vita where I'm like, I can see where people are coming from, though, with like the death of the, v- the oh, PSP sure. or the Vita or whatever, where it's, I'm like, yeah, this is weird. This is weird. You know, like, and, and it gave me pause when I read it too, but then I thought about it for just a minute. I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't make any sense. They're, they're going to continue to manufacture Vita. Vita's still getting its games. Third party production is still working on Vita games. So, like, Grim Fandango just came out this week. It's not like they're, they're you know, they're, they're working on it. I mean, they... They were instrumental in getting games like Tales of Hearts to, you know, even Sony worked to get Tales of Hearts R to, to Vita. I mean, they're listening, you know, and people are buying the games. It's just the games are going to come from the in the indie scene and from Japan, and that's just the way it's going to yeah. be, you know. So it, 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 it might not be for most people, but it's an awesome device. It's one of the great gaming devices of all time, I think, and and has an awesome library of games. It's just a matter of, like, what you are looking for. I don't care about the AAA games. It's like, a box Vita. quote right there. Yeah. One of the gate. <laughs> Great gaming devices of all time. Man. I mean, I really think it is. It's by far the best handheld of all time. Like, destroys everything else. You're crazy. And in terms of, like... Form yeah, factor yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, in terms of form like, factor, like, the buttons like, that are, like, too small for oh, babies. What? Every too small ha- for every babies. Every handheld just, has small buttons. Yeah, that's it's just true. A, it's an awesome device. The PSP? The PSP was great. PSP was too chunky. The, the technical fidelity of this it device is better. unrivaled. This makes, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Last 3ds, 3ds has good games, but this thing makes 3ds look like a fucking baby's toy. And, like, and that's and that's and that's like the bottom line. Like that's why I like this device. Are so good. The, the, the game. But 3ds has no, good no, he's games. He's saying about the games. Yeah, he's not arguing the games yeah. factor. He's arguing the form factor. Yeah, yeah but the, the games and the hardware go hand in hand because you, if you don't have good games to play on on great hardware or excellent games to to play on excellent hardware, like I mean, what are you even doing? Like, what's the point of having an awesome shine? It's like Steam Machine. Like, what's the point of having something yeah. so sweet, high-powered, sure. like, glossy, amazing, but then there's, like, oh, what do I what do I play on it that I can't get on something else, you but, know? But I do dispute the notion. I've disputed this for a long time with 3DS. The 3DS has this amazing library of games because it doesn't. It does. It has, it has a few games a year that mu- you must play, but it's not. Vita gets more games way more often that, that I feel like I need to play than 3DS. When, like, 3DS gets Zelda or Mario Golf or something like that, like the tent poles, there's no, the, 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 Independent ecosystem. Mario Golf is this. Is you better, you better, you better back the fuck up right now, <laughs> no, no, Andrea, no. if you're gonna. I like. I also enjoy Mario Golf, but I'm saying for Vita or for 3DS owners, I'm thinking they're thinking of Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem yeah, yeah. and Pokemon. Right, but those games. That's the point. Is like Fire Emblem. You know, will, like came out, and now we'll get another Fire Emblem in about a year, a year and a half. You have like. F- no, I, I want to say like I want to say like, every year 3DS has about a half dozen games or so that like that are, you need that, to are play. That, that are great games. Now it's compared a, to zero. Well, no, I don't get think. An amazing oh, Metacritic you, score. But I don't. But I don't. But I don't think that that's the case. What I'm saying is that like DS has the best handheld library of all time by far, and I think GBA's library is way, 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 way better than 3DS's too. So, with a much you know with a pretty equivalent amount of time now, GBA died very early. So, and it didn't mm-hmm. have to die that early. They killed it. Um, but. 3DS itself, like I'm, I look at 3DS games. I look at the library of games that are coming out. Wherever I have my 3DS, I play it, and I look and I'm like, I don't know, like. None of this really gets me excited. Like, Gunvolt was awesome. That was the last game I really played on 3DS. Then... Project Steam. That's the next big Yeah, Project Steam. But that's the point. Is like, what are you looking for? You know? And for me, I'm not looking for those five or six games a year that, you know, everyone's looking for because all those games sell millions of copies and then there's nothing. 
I'd rather have like an There's independent. There's never nothing. I'd, on ra- the I'd rather have an independent There's ecosystem. Always like something. Vita gets a game every week, you know, and like okay, okay. and and to me like that's that's more riveting to me because they're smaller games that are made for handhelds or whatever. If I'm gonna play something like Fire Emblem, I'd rather play it on Wii U anyway. Yeah, but like 3DS gets a, a game worth playing for three months every three months, and I think that's what's good about the 3DS. Whereas like the the Vita, oh man, I don't know. Don't I love how this turned into this. a 3DS versus yeah, Vita debate. No, it always will with us. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They're good to have. They're both good handhelds to have. Like we all own. Well, I, I don't. You. Own, I don't. I do not own a Vita. So you're the one. So we all. You know. I own you don't a 3DS have a and a Vita. Stand out in this hey, fight. my only I mean, reason. What's your trophy level? <laughs> oh God! You don't even want. To, you do not want to know. But. The buttons, I just can't get past how small they are. You it barely use the me. face buttons though in a lot of these games. Well, no, no, no. Some more of the indie games you do, but but the it's not even the form factor. It's just that like this this device. It's not even. I like the OLED one better, as Greg knows. But like this device is is has all the potential in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And like that's what's that's what's so frustrating about it. Just that's like what's so speed. fucking annoying about it, yeah. you know. And you like, want to? I mean, we're all looking right now. The, oh, they're taking all these things away. That's a that's a huge. Trouble sign. You want to know the worst sign in the world for the Vita, Colin? How old is the PlayStation Four? Uh, a year and three months. The PlayStation Four still does not recognize the Vita when it's plugged into it. Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? That was like the, the PlayStation Three. That's the main, the main reasons I kept mine yeah. plugged in is that I download the games to the PS3. This is another. Be faster off Ethernet and then transfer. And the PlayStation Four still can't do that. That's got to be another statistical thing though. We were talking about like I bet you. I, I thought that was really convenient for bigger games, but people probably weren't using it and so they're like but it's the, the Vita reads by, by Wi-Fi or ad hoc the PS4 easily so I think that they, they're just looking at it that saying like well that's that is what it is you know but that's a really simple functionality that should be implemented by now you like, would think I, so. I'm with Greg here yeah it's it's one of those things if, <laughs> if nobody's using it and that's their thing nobody's connecting it's just because nobody's stressing that and that's you know the the whole rigmarole they got with this thing I've I'm never actually I've never even contemplated connecting my Vita to my PS4 to download a game mm-hmm. and that the idea of doing that never crossed my mind. I download a lot of Vita games, and I'm like, oh, clearly. <laughs> I, I admit, I use my 3DS much more than I use my Vita, but I enjoy them both. They're both great. They're both yeah, great. No. The point is, is that I don't feel like I. I'm just trying to dispel the myth that 3DS has this amazing library of games. It's it just does. not true. It's, it's just no, not no, true. No, it does. Call is just categorically false. Like it. <laughs> it does have a really great library of games. It has a lot of games. Mario Golf. <laughs> yeah, and then what Super else? Super Mario something or other. No, but it has, its, it has its Mario games. It has its Zelda game, right? Yeah. It has... Oh, it has these po- games, it has that game, it has those games, it has these games, but There's forget those. There's a brand new Xenoblade. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't... I really don't understand the argument. Like, I was a DS fan. Big DS fan. Tons... Fucking tons of DS What did games. DS have that 3DS doesn't? DS had Elite arguing. Beat Agents. No, that's true. Checkmate. God bless Elite Beat Elite Agents. <laughs> in, in a weird, it was a weird game. I love that. Game. I just think that like I think I think, people, I think people are so hard on on Vita comparing it to 3DS when like I don't think either's catalog is like blowing the others away. I'm sorry, like mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's true. Like if you're if you're looking for AAA games, I'm a, I, you know we've talked about it many times. I'm a big Nintendo fan from way back, and like something like Zelda will get me involved in it, or something like. You know, Pokemon I don't give a fuck about it anymore. But like, you know, there's other games that would get me involved in it. But like, I'm looking at the catalog of games. I'm re- I'm I'm watching as games come out. And I'm like, I don't really see like what's so astonishing about like the 3DS's catalog. You know, like I really don't. I'm sorry. Like DS's catalog was awesome. You know, GBA's catalog was awesome. I you know, agree. where's I the fucking where's the fucking Castlevania game, for instance, that doesn't suck on 3DS? You know, we got the Castlevania game that sucked, but where's the Castlevania game that doesn't suck? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know, you understand I understand what I'm saying? The suck between and not suck. So yeah. where's no, the Castlevania three- game on Vita? Uh, 
Where's the Castlevania game? Period. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, but no, I I think 3S has its place and it's doing well. It's not doing that well, but it's doing well. And I play mine when it's relevant. I'm just saying, it's not an attack against Vita versus 3S. Obviously, 3S is doing yeah. better. Obviously, 3S has the better AAA games. No, no one's disputing that. But I do dispute the whole like 3S trouncing Vita through its, its the argument. The argument that I think the the coherent thing that wouldn't get you lynched by these two you said in there was the fact that neither of them is blowing the other away no i don't think that. I, I think that's true okay well that's what i'm just saying at, from i mean I, in a hardware perspective i don't know one, i mean I, honestly away. it's like i could never recommend someone a vita over run me through the ds I, and this is like i'm not even saying much in this fight because i'm not briefed on the whole 3ds library i pick up the exclusives that's what i like to play on it mm-hmm. 85 hours of mario golf motherfuckers <laughs> I, but tell me i, I would like the, the games that i would classify as just like my god these are amazing mario 3d land yeah. fire emblem awakening to me those are the two that are in another another level okay then besides that there's just a lot that are just damn good like we got ocarina 3d star fox 64 3d it's like all right they're remakes, but they're great yeah we got shovel Knight, we got all the, all that, that stuff cancels itself out now. yeah so two ports in a game that's on wii u and pc and coming to be okay yeah okay. well i'm looking at the metacritic list here and bravely default is up yes. there yes yeah, uh pokemon omega ruby got an 83 all the all the pokemon so Weird. the the pokemon ruby and sapphire remakes pokemon x and y mario kart professor 7. layton versus phoenix right um yeah uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm Layton's, not, Layton's not my thing. I'm but. trying to. Uh, this, is this lifetime here? Let's put it here. I just want to. I just want to see. We're, I'm, I want to. I want to unravel and unpack this right now. Oh yes. That's what we do in so the this show. Is, this is, isn't lifetime. This is. Um, I this believe is 2014. Sh- yeah, yeah, I want to see. Yeah, this is 2014. So, yeah, let's look. So, Bravely Default, mm-hmm. fantastic game. What what what? A lot of people really like that game. And what was so funny about it? What we talked before is that Square was surprised that it did well, which was funny as hell. Oh, people like these games. Oh. Not the crap we Shovel Knight's awesome. Game. Shovel Knight's my game of the year last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm honest about it. Smash Brothers is on another platform. Persona, uh, Persona Q, for, first time that, you know, that that moved off of PlayStation platforms did very, very well for yeah. them. I think that we'll see that again. Retro City's on another platform. Pokemon is, uh, that's just a remake port. Shantae is coming to other platforms. Pokemon, again, uh, the Curtain Call Final Fantasy game, that's fine. I don't know what CS no. the Fiesta is. Phoenix Wright is obviously exclusive Curtain to Curtain Call doesn't make the list. Uh, so yeah, Layton, I love Layton. So there's one. Azure Striker Gunvolt, I brought up before. That was an excellent game. Um, so I mean, this year, like I'm looking, yeah, then Mario Golf. So I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like not that impressed by this pl- that, by this list of games. Yeah, you just now, said you liked almost all of yeah, those. You games. said you liked those, and <laughs> no. then a lot of the other ones were just like, oh, it's on another platform, so it doesn't count. So <laughs> well, like, then let's go, let's look at the Vita list. I don't know. I don't hear you do it. I don't know. Sword Art Online coming through. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Don't be a dick about it. All right. So re- I was just telling you guys this. I've never seen House of Cards, but and my oh, yeah. friend Kevin. Our good friend Kevin has not seen it either. Started watching it, and he's like, "Dude, you is, need to see this." Is that, that a PS Vita? I've been thinking about picking up. What games does it play? And the guy goes, "All of them." Okay, so this is the Vita list. All right, so Velocity 2X is on PS4, so that doesn't count. Final Fantasy is on PS3. Rogue Legacy was probably one of the best games of last year. TXK because it was there the year before on PC. TXK is actually exclusive, but I don't think that that should count either. Frozen Synapse Prime is on. Minecraft is number five. That counts, right, guys? Hey, that's what no, Soul Sacrifice is exclusive. Disguise Four is a port. Danganronpa Two, obviously. I uh, mean, is exclusive. Th- yes, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at this list and I don't feel like it's really like that different for last no, year. No, no, this list is much better, or not nearly as good as the 3DS list. Yeah. The 3DS list was much better, especially when you. I mean, but side by side score comparisons are about the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Velocity Two X is. Fantastic. Well, that's because these include Collins reviews on things. Rogue Legacy. <laughs> I didn't review a lot of these games. <laughs> Rogue Legacy. I didn't review Velocity. I didn't review Rogue Legacy. I really like that game. Frozen Synapse was eh. 
Oh, look at how low Freedom Wars is. Yeah, Freedom Wars I gave an eight to, so that was like way. That's way a lot of people low. weren't smart enough to really understand Freedom Wars. That was the problem. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah okay. definitely. What's end? Like you know, let's, really. let's put the quarrel away. I mean, like what? What? Yeah. The point. The point. The point is this: the Vita isn't going anywhere. But it's not going Ever. up either. No, no, it's, it's not. not. It's just not going anywhere. Yeah. It's 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 plateaued. This is well, the Vita. It, this it, is the life it leads. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think I think a lot of it about what you want with 3ds or Vita, even though we've gone on this tangent, is about like the games you're looking for. Yeah. I will forever dispute, like I've said before, and I'll fucking say it one more time. <laughs> I will forever dispute this notion that the 3ds's catalog is this fucking amazing catalog. Of, give me a break. All right, it's got its it's got its great games, just like any other platform has. It's like the Wii U. Like the Wii U doesn't have a fucking huge catalog of great games either. They're basically identical love, to each other. Oh okay. man, yeah, let's yep. not man. even go there. Yeah. Wii U has its great games. It has <laughs> about mm-hmm. five great games, right? I mean, which is more you can say about the P- which is more you can say about the PS4. What would you say? Uh, I, I'm just I don't know by heart, sure? but I'm gonna say seven or eight. Okay, and, but you were offended at first when he well, said. Well, I'm just saying. It's more, five, it's more like than a handful. In, there were five just in the last year. You could have made, for 2014, you could have made a Game of the Year category out of just Wii U games that covered all of the consoles. Yeah. Cart, I'm with that. Cart Smash. Uh-huh. Bayonetta 2. Okay. Yeah, I, I like I the eye roll, though. I didn't realize you were a sexist. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm, not, I'm not a sexist. Way to stand up for witches. <laughs> um, Shovel Knight. <laughs> You can put it on there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Bam. Game of the year. One. Wii U. Nintendo fans, you can find me at No Taxation. <laughs> oh, they turned this off a Well, no. The, 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 other, the, other, no, the other thing here is people have been talking a lot of shit. They're just like, oh, like, you guys aren't, like, you think Nintendo sucks and all this stuff. I'm like, no, no. I've just been quiet. Like, <laughs> well, stop now, being quiet. I know. I need to stop being and quiet. And how can you say that? We, we do so many Let's Plays. I know. That's true. That's the funniest like, thing. I like that when they call us trolls for that. Like, mm. oh, sit here and shit on the Wii U and then do all the Wii U Let's Plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wii U's so, got... Wii U, I stand by the fact that I like my Wii U. I bought my Wii U for the exclusives. That's what it does. Mm. I don't expect to turn it on every day. I turn it on every three months or so. Now we turn on for Smash way more. Obviously, Smash has changed your life. Yeah, but before that, game changer. Yeah, I might buy. I might buy a Wii U soon, but just I want it for Virtual Console. I don't even care about any of these games. Mm-hmm. The just so I can play Mega Man Three, basically. Worth it whenever I want. Yeah. To make this clear, Colin. Yeah. I want to want a Vita. I just don't. And what's you funny is I like want Persona. you to want a Vita. Like, you just I, don't like Luminous. I just you just don't like Uncharted. No, I like these. You things. just don't like Hotline Miami. They're great, but check this out. You just don't like Grim Fandango. Every time I went to get a Vita, you just don't like Rogue something Legacy. fucking happens. I want I wanted to get it a long time ago, and I touched. I'm like, oh man, why are the buttons you just so don't like small? Freedom this Wars. pisses me off. And I was like, and there's no game I need for it. Then I was like, you know what? It's worth it for Crash Bandicoot and the, all the games I want to play from yesteryear. Oh wait, they're not on it because of stupid bullshit that will never be explained. And we've talked about before. But that upsets me, Greg. And then stupid oh, bullshit that'll oh, never be explained. Oh, and then all of a sudden it's there, and I, you can play Crash Bandicoot. Aren't you going to be able to play them through PlayStation Now? Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, we'll I see how that goes. That I can't even PlayStation. I don't even want if to current trends anymore. continue, PlayStation Now will be on the PlayStation Vita in about 2028. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. But there was one weekend when you could play all these amazing classic games on this system, and I'm like, I even I looked at you, Greg. You sat next to me, and I'm like, Greg, I'm buying a Vita. This is happening. <laughs> Then I went out to buy a Vita, and then Sony changes everything, and they're like, nope, you can't play these games. And I'm like, well, that sucks. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to buy it, support this thing. I'll enjoy it. And then they canceled the OLED one. You just can't buy it anymore. Yeah, I know. That's it. why I'm holding on to mine. Yeah, yeah, I, have, I have the original, too. So I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I'm done then, because I'm not buying this inferior little not beautiful one. Yeah, it's not beautiful. No. That's true. I mean, the new Vita is not Neon beautiful. pink, get out of here. 
Hey, you know it's what? the only one available. At least sure. that if you didn't want to play on the new one and you only had the old one, you could still play the new games. Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you, Smash Brothers on that original 3DS, get my fucking jeweler's eye out and try to see what the fuck's <laughs> happening yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I waited for the XL because I knew. Because you're a big like, fan. You're I'm a big not, fan. Well, now, I mean, that's fair. Nintendo is doing that now with the new 3DS, too. This, they're going to phase yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase out the old. I don't know. You don't have to worry about I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to worry about getting a Vita because you have this amazing catalog you're right. of games you're that right. you can play on the 3DS. And it's going to be great. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Let's move on to the second topic. <laughs> How far did you get in Fire Emblem? Huh? How far did you get in Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem? Yeah. I beat the shit out of Fire Emblem. What about Bravely Default? Didn't really play that one. Okay. It's not my thing. How, how about Mario Golf? No. Don't play Mario Golf. Okay. Yeah. I mentioned the games I like. Azure Striker Gunvolt was probably the best game you can only play on 3DS that came out last year. Steam. Project Steam. I can't wait. Yeah. Looks so. here. Gunvolt was awesome. All right. All right. Cool. So, guys. We got a, an update on The Last of Us movie. Time for updates. So according Long to show. game director and film script writer Neil Druckmann. I know him. Yeah. He says, I just finished a second draft and we did a table read with a bunch of actors. It's pretty faithful to the game. There are some big changes, but the tone and what the story is trying to say is pretty faithful to the game. He also said that he's dividing his time between Uncharted 4, being at the office, and the movie. And then also when he's supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Seen his wife, his kid. Yes. In addition to this, there's still rumors of Maisie Williams of Game of Thrones fame being Ellie. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. So should we say right now we're going to spoil stuff in this? So, yes. Okay. Right off the bat, spoilers will be had for The Last of Us video game. You should play it. First. Did you beat well, that? What are you, you thinking mm-hmm. about? Yes. God, Greg. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously it's a movie. It's not a game. Games you get to play for all these hours and stuff. Last of Us, 12 hours. Yeah, about that. Ish, right. Sure. If you run around like I do, it takes like 20 because I'm like going in every corner looking for things. But let's just yeah, say that's, that's a fun way to watch. 14 hours for people like yeah, 12 leisurely. To 10, to 14, it, right? say 10 to 14. Movies are hour and a half to two, maybe a little longer if you're crazy. I don't think they're going to go too crazy with this. No, they should. What should they cut? How do they make that happen? What do they need to do to nail Last of Us in movie form? I don't know if we can. I, the more, the more I hear Williams about this, the more, this, the more I hear about this, the more I don't even want them to do it. To be honest, I just—I mean, I stand by the fact that I never want them to do video game movies. Video games, I think, are their own art form. They are, you know, we don't need. Why are we? Why are we as video game people trying to get the approval of mainstream audiences? I don't I, think it's about getting approval. I think it's about having such like an unending appetite for your favorite franchises that you just want to see as much content about them as possible and this was such a well done um, story driven interactive experience that it it seems ripe for a cinematic feature film I mean I think that if done well it can complement the game but when you try to think of it replacing um, a game or giving you the same experience that a game gives you you're thinking sure. about it wrong sure 100% uh I always stand by the fact Nick Scarpino, who's out there right now, probably doing push-ups, curls. Uh, he always talks Nick. about the fact that you know he's waiting for the era of the video game movie to start. We're living in the comic book era, right? And for years, comic book movies were terrible, and then you know X Men changes everything and goes around. He's waiting for that. I stand by the fact that I think this is the first video game movie that has an honest chance at it. I don't count Warcraft. Everybody always throws that in my face. All I've seen is a guy in the forest that doesn't sell me on that fucking. Warcraft movie. is farther out there than Guardians of the Galaxy was as an idea that you can sell to an audience that's never fami- been familiar with the IP. Right. This is a thing, though. I think this is the best shot at it because Neil's so closely involved you know what I mean mm-hmm. he understands the story and the characters because they're his and he's going to mm-hmm. guard them and make sure it goes the right way um, in terms of cutting stuff I mean 
you think i think you got to cut out i can't remember the, the name the brothers you run into when the one brother gets bitten comes after ellie yeah he she oh, kills him then geez. he blows his brains yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a weird aside i know exactly who you're talking about. it was it was cool for the moment and stuff but like it's just you they can't be, they betray you exactly yeah but then you run back into them later on yeah. or whatever and then all hell breaks loose but you can't spend that amount right you, the big beats have to be i mean even the the beginnings have to be drastically shortened i wouldn't even be surprised if like it, it starts with joel and tess or what well, it starts with obviously we have to get joel's backstory maybe we don't even get it in the beginning maybe i'm wrong yeah on maybe that. it's like a little flashback exactly we're getting flashes and stuff than, as he wakes up yeah. and all this other stuff but I think you have to get right to the heart of the matter of this is Ellie. You, she's important. You need to get her out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then we figure out in that way she's been bitten. And then we have to go through the whole thing of them not liking each other, starting to bond, and then getting to, as fast as you can to David to wrap it up and to get out of there and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think that inherently with a game like that, a stealth kind of action game that you're going to – you're going to be able to cut shit out just inherently, right? Like like half the game you just cut out because it's just combat. Yeah, so, all the gameplay so you like, cut out, yeah. yeah, so then, you know, it, it, the, the meat of the matter is really – the experience with Joel and Sarah in the beginning, which has to be in the movie. Uh, do you think it's in the beginning, or do you think it's going to be? Spread I hope out? so because that's what made them. It's it's it's, yeah. what we, it's what we called the Young Drake moment in Uncharted Three. Like sure. that was really seminal to, to telling Uncharted Three story, and I think that was extremely important to put into context his relationship with Ellie. Yeah. So I think that, that that has to be in the beginning, and then you can fast forward to Boston. The whole tutorial section is useless. So you can put them like right into after like when the gate blows up and stuff like that. You can put them right into the wilderness when they run into the clickers and stuff. There's like a whole hour, an hour and a half that's really tutorial. So like. You can even put them fast forward to when they run into, you know, the fireflies and stuff like that. So that cuts out like the whole beginning of the game with the exception of the beginning with Sarah and mm-hmm. which is really important. And then the end is really instrumental too, but again, like when you're climbing into the hospital in Salt Lake City or whatever, like there's like a bunch of fucking combat and stuff like that. So I yeah. think I think Neil is like piece like can piece through it and be like the, the script's big and it's probably as it is 5 hours or whatever, but you don't have to cut out when we look at it as a 10 to 14 hour game. It's not 10 to 14 hour story, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's like certain like I'm really I'm interested to see how they do like Bill like Bill and the whole experience with Bill and the booby trap town and stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff was really really cool. You don't think they could just cut that out? That's what I was saying. They oh, could probably just I think cut Bill that all together. Oh no! I mean, my opinion, I think that the the experience not only was uh, Bill gives Joel human context to the time between the fall and twenty years later. Like you don't understand Bill, or you don't understand his experience before he meets Ellie. Really, with the exception of the few days really before he runs into her with Tess. Like so that his relationship with Bill, I think, is important character building. Because but here's the thing: I'm thinking you take out Bill and you keep Tess longer. Maybe David kills Tess on the first blush or whatever, or something like that. You know, that you keep Tess longer and you have the same, you know, scenario, right? That these people that you don't have to go inter because it's all about introductions, right? And then exploring that character. So if you can pull Bill out, give his his uh, relationship qualities to Tess, let it go longer. That'd be a way around it to keep it still to an hour, half, two hours. Yeah, I think that's a good. That's a nice point. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think I just don't like the idea of like something like The Last of Us even being kept in ninety to one hundred twenty minutes. I feel like it needs to go a little longer, like Wolf of Wall Street kind of like Django and Chain length. Like, yeah. give it another hour, give them some time to flesh things out. But again, the more I think about it, the more I don't want it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just I feel like the story was told so well. Like yeah. Troy Baker's and Ashley Johnson were the heart of that game, and I don't know. I I just it, it would be weird to see anyone else reading for that and stuff like that. But again, it, it, it the context isn't there for people that are just gonna go see it in the cinema. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a tough thing. I think uh, I think that's a great story that's ripe for cinema for for filmmaking and stuff like that. But I just don't see that it, it, it's necessary. The more I think about it, and it's it, and it's true. Like if you were to go through a, a table reading of of the way it is now, like what did they cut? I, it's a great it's a great question, especially if he's trying to keep it to like 
more standard 90 minutes to 120 well, minutes. Well, it's not I mean, even what like they nasty. cut, but like you, he said in the quote that things have changed. So like, what, yeah. what did they change? Like, did they change what happened, mm-hmm. you know, at the power plant? Did they change what happens at the hospital? Mm. Like, how it all goes down between, you know, Ellie and Joel, like, with that decision that's made at the end. Like, what, I mean, it's kind of scary to think about what key story pillars they could have made differently. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that it's him, though, making those decisions... That doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. But changes. isn't him? Isn't right. him? You making think Hollywood's pushing him around? Of course. Nobody pushes around Neil Druckmann. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> well, this was this was the argument Tim made about Gone Girl, which was like that. Since the author of the book was also the screenwriter, that at least it's it's the sanctity is there. In in terms of maybe what's not best for the product, but what's best according to the author, which is there's something to be said about that. Maybe it's not going to make the best story. Neil Druckmann's not a screenwriter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like. But Neil Druckmann wasn't a lot of things before he got the chance to do them, as we learned, you know, when I wrote the history of Naughty Dog, when we talked to him and stuff in the past. I mean, it was all about him getting opportunities and, yeah. and taking the most of those opportunities. So he's, you know, incredibly fucking talented. So I think it's true in the sense that if I want someone to be making the story decisions, it's the man who wrote the story. Sure. But yeah. I don't know if it's going to make for the best decisions as a film, but it's cool that they're leaving it up to him. And the thing is, he's like thinking about it as a film. Like he's thinking about the changes. Like he's like, well, I did this for the video game, but but we can't do that for the movie. What would I need to do for the movie? And I think because of that, the changes that we made, I mean, they're not necessarily going to be better, but they, I mean, they could be even like, that's the thing is like, they could be better than the game. Mm. How crazy would that be? But yeah. like, it's just that it's different, but at least it's not, I mean, hopefully if, you know, things keep going this way. The fact that he's even involved is a good sign. But of course, Hollywood is going to push their way around and stuff. But if they don't, that could be something special. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do you guys? Do you even want this at this point? I still don't want it, but I can't stop it. So I'm just happy Neil's part of it. It's very Ghostbustersy for me. I don't want it, but Godspeed to you. I mean, I think that this story. I mean, I remember when The Last of Us was first announced. I was like, oh my gosh, another post-apocalyptic zombie game. Mm. I like. There's so many of them, and there's even more films about you know that kind of same topic so for me like no i could have been completely fine never having this movie but she said you can't stop it it's coming i'm gonna go see it Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be good because like if they if let's say the movie is good and it's a good uh like faithful adaptation of it then i think it's gonna introduce it to a lot of people that will never play the game sure and it's like i know a ton of my friends girlfriends and stuff they're just they're never gonna play through this game but they would love that story and it's like trying to convince them to to you know Pick up the controller. Pick up the controller and do all that. It's just not going to happen. It's like, oh, it's only 14 hours. It's like, oh, damn, 14 hours. I wonder if you take the game in order to cut out the gameplay and just have, like, the cinematics and stuff. Sure, it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is. But, like, I wonder... I mean, you know, these days, like, gameplay has all those cinematic moments and all that stuff, so it wouldn't necessarily work. But I wonder if you did cut out all the gameplay, even the ones with the cinematic moments. So it's just the the cutscenes and stuff, if that would tell a coherent story. And, like, how long that would be. I don't think it can in the sense that the fear doesn't come... I mean, there there are certain scenes, like the scene in the state house where everyone Tess is killed, like, that are half gameplay and you're kind of running away from the action and you can't actually hang around. But, like, that's the interesting thing is that it, it, is a little redu- it is a little reductive of me to say, um, well, I need to... Uh, I need you cut out all of the gameplay, like I said before, all the gunplay and all the slinking around stuff, but then you lose the context of even fighting at all. So, like, yeah. it's a complicated thing. Here's the thing that, that's bothering me the more I think about it, though. You know, Neil's working on Uncharted 4. Amy left the studio. Neil's working on Uncharted 4 with Bruce Straley, and I think Josh Sher is helping to write it, too. So, like, OG Naughty Dog guys are working on the game, right? And then he's working on the script, and he's got a family. He's got other shit he has to worry about. Like, I'd... 
it's so frustrating because this is a great like transcendent moment for Naughty Dog to go into the mainstream and be like, we're making a fucking movie now, you know? And obviously Naughty Dog is to me like the most accomplished and, and the best developer in the industry bar none right now from the last three games, right? Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, and The Last of Us are tense, in my opinion, all of them. And, you know, I'd rather him focus Neil Druckmann, the visionary behind The Last of Us, to be like, now let's get the sequel, you know? Because I think The Last of Us does need a sequel, and we've talked about it many times in the past of how it can happen, and everyone has their own theories. And I always said I want it to start immediately after the end of The Last of Us, um, when he lies to her and stuff like that at the end. Um, and so, like, with Neil Druckmann so engaged in Uncharted 4, which is where he needs to be right now for, the, the, for Naughty Dog, and also engaged in the film, which is going to take more and more of his time... It's, it scares me that, A, we're not going to get The Last of Us sequel anytime soon, because they're thinking about it, certainly. They're thinking about it. They've admitted that. Or, B, it's just going to come, like, really far away, and I don't want that to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want it so, quicker. They have two teams in Naughty Dog. Now, they're all folded into Uncharted 4 right now, as far as we understand, but, again, pre-production is always going on for these other things, so I don't want someone else to write that that game. You know what I mean? I want Naughty Dog. I want, uh, rather, yeah. Neil Druckmann to write that game. Yeah. So, it, what is the opportunity cost? That's, like, kind of the bigger picture for me, like, over the next few years for him. I don't know. Hmm. How important do you guys think the casting is? And do you have any suggestions for who you'd want? And specifically, Maisie Williams. Like, she's in, right? Good? No. No? It's rumored. Oh, it's rumored. one of those things she says that they've had conversations. Like, it's, it, you know, the whole Twitter exchange went down. Then he announced at Comic Con that they had talked to her. And then since then, she did like an interview with uh, Vanity Fair, I want to say, or somebody like that. that and she was right. like, that's still happening. Yeah. I think she's going to be her. too old by the time it happens. Maybe we need to get somebody a little younger. I don't. I mean, I like her as a character on Game of Thrones for sure. Like, uh, her character is great, but I don't know. She's I don't awesome. think. I don't think she's necessarily right for that role. But it's easy for us to, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, be an, an armchair casting director over right. here. But yeah. I. It's sad to me. It's funny because I got to interview um, a bunch of. I I've gotten to interview VO actors on red carpet several times, and I remember um, interviewing the cast of Uncharted Three at the VGAs one year and talking to the actress, the blonde-haired actress. Yes, that's her name. Thank you. And she, so I asked much. her, you know, are you being considered for the movie role? And she was like, I really hope so. Like, this, like, like look on her mm-hmm. face being like, I'm going to be crushed, you know, but I doubt I'll ever be considered. And the idea that anybody besides Troy Baker, you know, being Joel, Joel is... Mm-hmm is kind of hard to swallow because he's so talented. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the look of Joel is something that's going to be hard to replicate with Troy, like, because of the physical differences between the way he looks in person and the, yeah. you know, what he did, you know, vocally. Joel did not wear enough trendy scarves and hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joel's also significantly older than Troy is. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's I mean, also that's, part of it. That's a huge thing. Makeup, and with, with film on stage, you can, you know... Um, get those illusions behind but mm-hmm. like on for film it's all typecasting mm-hmm. so they're i mean the odds of them using troy for that role is, are probably pretty low yeah and ashley probably even lower oh, oh no, no way for she's, Ash. she's, she's, an, she's a grown woman mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think you know andrew hit on something essential here too which is just that and i, I alluded to it before and i think it's really important is that you know with uncharted like who can play Nathan Drake that's going to do it the justice that Nolan North did, even though Nolan North's not a stage actor? You know what I mean? And it's the same when you set the cadence and the rhythm for a game with voice acting and with mocap and then move it to the big screen. The fact of the matter is it's never going to be pure enough for me because, like, those are the characters. Sure. Nolan North is fucking Nathan Drake. He's not fucking Nathan Drake. He is Nathan Drake. <laughs> and, and, you know... To me, you know, again, yeah, Emily Rose is, is you Elena. know, is Elena. And, and you know... Ashley Johnson is Ellie. 
know what I mean? Even though she's, yeah, she's 30 years old or whatever, you know? Um, and Troy Baker is obviously Joel. So they, we can't, it's difficult because like that is a conundrum, you know, that you have to either get over or not. Yeah. Maybe the performance is better. Maybe it's truer. Maybe they like it more, but I don't know. I'm never, the way we, the way those games hit us at the time and still to this day, it's like, I don't know, man, like that, that's, that is who they are. That is who they are. So like, how do you get around that? And to me, that's why I think if, if anything, and I'm surprised we didn't touch on this and it, it just came to my mind, even though I think we've talked about it in the past is maybe the last of us movie should not tell their story. You know, maybe oh, you should yeah, tell no, someone man, else's. I would have preferred that if it was somewhere. You know, different. like yeah, like yeah. leave Joel and Ellie alone. I mean, I would even like with the Last of Us if if the Last of Us two came out or whatever. Maybe it's not about them at all. You know, like mm-hmm. their story's told, and maybe it's about the world, which is kind of like the way I feel. The opposite of what I feel like maybe the Walking Dead is, which is it's about this cast. It's not about what happened to the world. Well, the Last of Us really is about the world, and then you get like this, and and, and it really is it's this existential thing, you know, where it's like it's about the cure specifically, yeah, yeah. and um. So maybe that's a different direction they go in or whatever. It doesn't seem like they're going to do that, obviously. No, no, yeah. But then it brings up these conundrums and these problems that I think need to be dealt with. And, and uh, I don't know how to effectively do it. But I, I, I have all the faith in Neil Druckmann, like, in the world. Very, like, way smarter than I am. So um, he'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Cool. So next topic. We got Resident Evil Revelations 2. Resident Evil. So the upcoming episodic horror adventure will feature microtransactions, Capcom confirmed. A Capcom representative clarified that the microtransactions microtransactions in, are included in the optional raid mode and not within the main campaign. So there's these crystals that you can buy. You can either collect blue ones in the game or like buy red ones, and then they like bring you back to life and all this stuff. Right. And the raid is like this uh, action, more action-oriented part of uh, Revelations. So my question to you guys is, obviously, Resident Evil went full action a couple games ago. Yeah, unfortunately. And uh, this is just an even pure sign of just like man okay they're making you pay so that you can like get extra lives to keep playing this action game what happened to survival horror do you think it'll ever be back and what are the the key things that would be necessary for that to happen before anyone answers that i was at the preview event where they showed both of these i got to sit down with the team and see each of them for about an an hour for barry's episode and for raid mode and the microtransactions aren't as bad as everyone's making them out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been bad in some games before, but they're not time-based. You know, they, they don't um, like keep things locked that you can't otherwise purchase. And raid mode, if you played the original Revelations, is very similar um, to what that is. It's just additive content to what the story mode is bringing. Like the story mm-hmm. mode is the reason why you should be buying Revelations too. Raid mode is just another way to keep playing if you really love the gameplay experience that they bring in Revelations too. So they are adding um, three dungeons with each episode, and each of those dungeons has six missions. So it's essentially eighteen missions per episode for five, across five episodes mm-hmm. that's just another additional gameplay experience into the narrative story elements and so that stuff is all free but that's then, all included with the yeah. price yeah. so the microtransactions just buy more lives so like when in, you're in the raid right the so raid when mode. you're in yes. raid mode so there's like a, like a there's like a base where you can customize your weapons and change out what kind of ammo you have and what you're bringing what herbs you're bringing in and stuff like that um, the the microtransactions, I believe, allow you to unlock weapons faster. Yeah. So if you want gotcha, all of the gotcha. weapons available for raid mode right from the start, you can pay to unlock them all, or you can grind mm-hmm. and unlock them as you go. Hmm. All right. That's actually good insight. Yeah. Um, because we didn't go to that event. 
Yeah, I mean, like when I when I saw the co- when I saw the coverage come out, I was like, "Why are people demonizing this?" It's not. It's because micro. Well, just the word micro. Yeah, I mean, we've early, definitely ugly. been burned by microtransactions, but I think now we're kind of over that hill where mm-hmm. developers and marketers are like, "Okay, we have to be careful about how we message microtransactions." Not big old blast. We're sitting. I'll tell you what. You know, down to some developers not, not even allowing you to use the words "free to play" in your coverage. Mm. You know, it's like people making all kinds of memes about it and stuff. So I think we're past that point where now the marketing guys are wise to the fact that the audience is like pissed about it. Mm -hmm. So they're being much more thoughtful about the way that they're implementing it, at least in the AAA space. I mean, the, you know, the mobile scene's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Colin? Um, Yeah, I think Andrea has some salient points there. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we talked about this on Colin and Greg Live this morning, which was... You know, A, these things are put into games because people use them. And I wonder if we're so the very engaged hardcore gamer that consumes a lot of content. And I'm not even talking about games, but consumes a lot of written editorial, consumes a lot of video, opinions, podcasts. If we kind of overestimate our power in terms of commerce for some of these games, and I think sometimes we do, I think that something like this might not be that offensive to a lot of people that buy Resident Evil Revelations 2 and that we overestimate its offensiveness and i think that the the evidence for that is everywhere in the industry i think like everyone hates day one dlc but it keeps coming everyone hates uh you know season passes they keep coming everyone and why do they keep why does this keep happening because people are buying them people keep buying you know? them exactly so, everyone so, hates the idea of these things until it's in the game they love and want it mm-hmm. and that's the thing so it's easy for me to be like, day one dlc for nba whatever that's stupid but when it's day one dlc for us wwe i'm like oh yeah buy it I want that. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the whole that's the whole rigmarole. The whole and, and Revelations 2 is being released episodically and it's 25 bucks if you buy the season pass. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of content for not that much money, yeah. you know? And, and if you're a Resident Evil fan, I mean, you're going to want to play this. I mean, the, the dual narrative of having, you know, Barry and Natalia and then having, you know, Moira and Claire and how they intersect and how they work through the same level but in different ways. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting what they're doing with it. So, like, if you guys are interested in Resident Evil, don't get hung up yeah. on the microtransaction. Well, that's <laughs> the, the thing, thing is, like, you probably won't play. When I was uh, <laughs> doing the research for this, all the comments on the article were just like, oh, oh man, I was going to buy this and now I'm not going to. Or like this, dude, you totally fucked up. And it's like, really guys? Like this is not that bad. If it had to do mm-hmm. with the, the campaign or it had to do with that stuff, that'd be one thing. But this is like, you're literally just, just paying to mm-hmm. not have to grind. And speaking to what you mentioned about the difference between action and survival horror, I asked them that exact same question. Like I kind of put them in the hot seat and were like, you guys have been criticized a lot about turning into a very action-heavy genre. And, you know, you had Mikami come out last year with The Evil Within and say mm-hmm. this is our return to survival horror, almost as if he was trying to take shots, you know, yeah. shots at fired. Capcom with Resident Evil. Without action, though. And um, they said very specifically, they said the story episodes are meant to be like, you know, a, a legacy Resident Evil, very survival horror-driven. You have to manage mm-hmm. your resources. Um, and that the raid mode is meant, to, is meant to be the more action-heavy section of the game. So if you want that more action-based combat feel to play raid mode, mm-hmm. and that the story elements aren't going to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that... I mean, it's interesting. What what resonated with me, what you, what you said about the comments was, well, that's the right idea in the sense that if it really is that offensive to you, then don't buy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's that's... 
that's the message you have to send. And we talked about that on getting a Colin and Greg live. Like the people don't have the fortitude. A lot of people, including me, don't have the fortitude to be like, I'm angry about product X. And when product Y comes out, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. You know, product Y comes out three years later. Oh, I forget about it. You know, oh, it's great. So like you, you never send them the right message. And I think they're being sent messages, as we've said earlier, which is that like people are going to spend money on this. They've, they've done their research. Capcom's not a stupid company. They did their market research. They have evidence that this works in Street Fighter or whatever else they, they've done it. And so here we're going to put in Resident Evil Revelations. The more egregious thing to me is that it's episodic at all. Um, I, I feel like that was I don't feel like maybe I just was ignorant of this because I played Revelations like two or three times in the last year or whatever. Revelations 2. And at like preview events, and I feel like the episodic thing just came out of left field out of nowhere. Like I don't know if that like, was like that wasn't the case as far as I understand for like a long time, and then that like happened. So like yeah. that, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they said it like two years ago that's gonna be episodic, but I don't think that's the case. I think that they're looking and saying like, well, we were probably gonna sell this for twenty bucks, um, but we can make twenty five if we put it. <laughs> no, episodic, the, I you know? <laughs> I talked to them about that too, and what they said was that they had an, a plan. Um, for the content, but they wanted to be able to release some of it sooner than they were going to be able to. And instead of, it sounded to me like, and, and this isn't like a, a quote, but almost as if they were going to have to delay it. And so instead of delaying, mm-hmm. they decided to change the way that they were going to market it and mm-hmm. put it out, you know, an episode at a time to give them just a little bit more dev time mm-hmm. um, to fix and polish some things, which is also why you can wait if you want and then buy it on disc as a single experience at the yeah. end of the fifth episode. Right. Which is maybe, maybe we won't do that because we have to kind of probably stream it, but that would be, that would be what I want to do. I just, in, in terms, I agree with you in the sense that I don't find this very egregious. I just find this kind of a systemic thing that's happening. I find mm-hmm. the episodic thing a little weirder to me. The, the thing is, is that with everything, with mobile, mobile phones and tablets are like a lost cause. I mean, that's why I don't play games there at all because it's, 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 you know, that shit is just out of control with the, with the free to play market. I mean, we've talked about Plants vs. Zombies too, which I love. Um, and how I would have loved to just give them $20 if they mm-hmm. just shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know? But, like, they wouldn't let me pay for it, and then they just keep bothering me. So you got nothing. You know? You get nothing now out of me. And so, like, that's the more ironic part of free-to-play of, of free to play and more ironic part of microtransactions is that you have to get people like me, the people that just want to be, you know, old, you know, curmudgeonly fucking dudes that just don't want to <laughs> leave their house. You no, know? the time <laughs> gates and free-to-play are the worst thing that was ever invented. I would yeah. rather just give you a lump sum up front to unlock it, but the time restrictions, like, you have to wait to like get another life and like that's it's that's crazy. the stuff that, that that really bothers me that's not the kind of free to play or the microtransactions you're seeing in Resident Evil yeah no, no, I, what, yeah, what you were saying about like you know the more AAA games and stuff that they're gonna they're, they've been stopping doing that I've, I've seen that and that's good um, but I was making a joke about Pagel Blast earlier my god I love Pagel and I'm like the the first one on mobile. I'm like, my God, I love this game. And then Blast out of nowhere comes out. It's and I was terrible. Like, huh? This is great. Like a new one. And honestly, the gameplay in it better than the other Pagels. Like it's vertical now instead of horizontal. And like they made all these like little changes that are just awesome. And I was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, it's like you know I ran out of lives or whatever. And it's just like, oh, you know, you need to pay for it. I'm like, all right, I'd buy this game like for two dollars or five dollars or whatever it was. But no. That wasn't an option. It's like, that's invite the, your that's friends on Facebook. Thing. And I'm like, EA's the worst with that wow, shit. what is this, 2008? Like, that's really <laughs> weird. And it's like, you know, I guess I'm just out of touch with that because, like, I, I have, I've never been a part of the Farmville, you know, like, those guys. But you know what made me understand it? And I'm, I'm with you guys. Like, I hate microtransactions in general. But I talked to some people at PAX South about Candy Crush because I was, like, asking, you know, like, what are you playing? And, and one this one guy said Candy Crush. And I was like, okay, like... Candy Crush clearly is a phenomenon. Lots of people are playing it. You know, my mom is playing it. Mm -hmm. I said, so tell me, just curious, how much money have you spent on Candy Crush? And I was thinking like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. How much do you think he said? Zero. 
250. I'd say zero. Well, if we're going by prices right rules, <laughs> they win, but it was $200. Oh, man. He spent $200 on Candy Crush, which is why freemium in the mobile space is yep. never going away. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. I mean, and I think they call, total sense. They call people like him whales, I think, in the industry, too. That like, There's a lot yeah. of that people fat? that spend that much. Yeah. It's, not well, it's not a fat joke. So here's my no, problem with Pago Blast is I was like, all right, you guys are making it difficult for me to like this. But I'm going to keep playing because I do enjoy the gameplay that much. So I would, you know, keep trying. And then when I'd lose, it's like you get, you have like five lives and then you have to wait 24 hours like, unless you invite friends and do all this like shit. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So then, so, so then I've you just went been and made Facebook been, accounts. Well, no, I, <laughs> I would totally do that. Um, but no, I, I would wait the 24 hours and the next time I'm sitting there doing nothing, I would try to beat that level. It's gotten to the point that I got so far in the game now that I reached this challenge where you have to beat five levels in a row. Like back to back to back to back to back, and it's if you don't do that, if you lose on any, one loss, you go back to the beginning. And I'm like, you guys designed this so that I have to pay for the power ups, yeah. and that's when it's like that's unacceptable. Pay to win. Like I, I, you, it is literally pay, pay to, to win, and it's so upsetting to me where I'm like, man, ah, I want pickle too. I just want to buy pickle too. You can swipe four bucks. It's, right not, it's not a mobile. Oh, it's not a mobile. Yeah, no, well, buy it's not yeah. I'm gonna buy Xbox One. Yes. <sighs> Uh, wasn't the question though what happened to survival horror it was but you know what we'll the, you want the answer yeah because I've been quiet on this one yeah. the answer is that survival horror sucks and it's always oh sucked oh god you're out of your mind and right? it, you all got y'all, y'all, y'all drank this Kool-Aid thinking it was good back in the day because the controls were terrible and then good controls came around and you played other games and the, the, the industry evolved and now mm-hmm. everybody goes back and tries to make yeah, it survival horror that's, and it doesn't, that's, doesn't that's click that's a weird, that's a weird statement click. Greg because because to me, Dead Space is arguably the best. Mm. The original Dead Space is arguably the best survival horror game. But that one played. walks that line. We've talked about and this before. Is it action or survival horror? And I agree with you. It's more survival horror than action. And then yeah, Dead think- Space 2 went all action, which I enjoyed more. Mm. But I think the fact that there's an, a debate there means it's not just straight survival horror. I would oh. say it's survival horror enough. that, like, I mean, at least I would I think it's survival I think, horror. I think it's straight survival horror. I don't think that like the combat precludes that from being survival horror, just based okay. on the nature of that. It, it did... It, it, the, the ship... What was it called? The Ishimura? Ishimura was the mansion mm-hmm. you just went all over the place and then back again i mean it was it was it's just the fucking mansion in space yeah it's one of those, so that, like to me that i mean dead's all oh, dead space only the ship is space. one of those things you had to backtrack so much that you get to know the the, the corridors yeah exactly else, yeah. so it is I love just dead like space. the mansion where it's like it was it's a character of itself and so it was awesome but i agree with you in the sense that tank controls were a product of the time and that they made the games arbitrarily harder and scarier there's no doubt about that i think that when you play we were playing remake remastered uh, and the tank controls are gone now, or you don't have to play with them. And the game is a little more action oriented, but that doesn't mean Resident Evil isn't isn't uh, a survival horror game. I feel know? like Did people you play Isolation, Alien Isolation. Yeah, I, I, played, I played the game. I played the demos enough, and then when I heard it just kept on going too long, I was like, all right, then I'm good. I've played enough. I know a lot of people that had a lot of good things to say about that game. I mean, like the idea that you know survival horror is dead, I think is just. I mean, come on. Don't, don't be silly. It's well, definitely not dead. The question Outlast a lot of people, was huge. What happened to survival mm-hmm. horror? Right? Huge. True, true. Resident Evil 5 happened to survival horror. Well, no, just what happens is that I think that, yeah, I think that <laughs> game sucks. the games that people, <laughs> when they think of survival horror, they think of the original Resident Evil, they think of Resident Evil 2, and those were a product of this control scheme. And that they those games probably wanted to be action games, and the control scheme wouldn't allow them to be it. So they became the oh, survival I horror. I don't agree with you. I, I think that, you know, Mikami made Resident Evil based on Sweet Home, which was a Famicom game that was, you know, um, or at least partially inspired by that Famicom game and the spirit of going to a house and kind of walking through the different rooms and stuff like that and going back and backtracking stuff. I think I think the game was what he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And even though, yeah, there were there were technical and control limitations on on not even DualShock One on the original controller. Um, but 
what happened to survival horror i really i, I mean resident evil 5 happened to survival horror resident evil 5 was a travesty you know in terms of like what resident Come evil on, was. as an action game it's fine it's a fine game it's fine. you know it's an action game fine it's a fine game i beat it, it, it whatever it is what it is but when i when i played that and especially after resident evil 4 which was a masterpiece you know to play Resident Evil 5 and be like, what the hell is it? Like, who told you to do this? <laughs> Somebody you know? in marketing that wanted to sell more games? I, I, but I mean, Resident Evil 4 was not a commercial failure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would, I'm not going to say Resident Evil 4 sold better. Obviously, it came to GameCube. It was on PS2 later. Mikami never cut his own head off, by the way, when that happened. If we all remember, he I remember said he was going to cut that, his yeah. own head off with a chainsaw if it ever happened. Um, but Resident Evil 5 was the beginning of the end of an action-oriented, and it wasn't the first one, but it was in the, the action-oriented, this is what it is now. And then Resident Evil 6, when, just in the trailers, I was like, I don't even, I don't even want anything to do I'm with out. this game. I, like, never even, I never even played it, because I'm a Resident Evil fan. I like Resident Evil. Um, and so I think that happened. That's why Dead Space, was so, Dead Space was so refreshing in some ways, in the sense that even though it was really around the same time as Resident Evil 5 and long before Resident Evil 6, that it captured that Mikami kind of essence of horror and fright, which I don't think Dead Space 2 did. Um, which is why sure, I stopped playing. You found powerful in it. Yeah, it was like that's not really the idea. The bigger thing to me is that I think we're losing sight of, and we talked about this again, is that when I played Remake Remastered again, I lost sight of the fact as a kid that these games are adventure games, and like that, I never thought about it that way. And so maybe it's like the collecting and the puzzle solving. It's almost like a Tomb Raider game. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like an Uncharted game in a way. Like with these, with these, like finding tablets and putting them in places and solving puzzles and stuff like that. That was also lost, and so I think that that essence of limited combat, limited ammo, and all that kind of stuff is one part of it. But also the world exploring and how you interact with the world is another thing. That's why Resident Evil Five wasn't scary because it was this huge swath of of space, and you were kill you killed more people in Resident Evil Five in like the first half an hour than you killed in Resident Evil Four. Well, what do you, you know think what I mean? about their what they're doing with a game like Until Dawn? You know, that That's taking, a very exciting game. Taking, you know, that horror genre and giving it a new gameplay element, this uh, making it more story-driven, more narrative-based yeah. instead of action-based. Like, I mean, there's really, from what I've played, there really wasn't combat at all. No, no, it doesn't look like there will be. It looks awesome. That, like, that's the whole point. And this is what I go back to just in the fact of what happened is I think technology caught up with these games. Resident Evil, original Resident Evil, you're, what, stars is it? And that's what mm-hmm. they are, right? You're like this elite mm-hmm. group of motherfuckers who land and you, you have three bullets. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And then you bring you're, you're bringing up like uh, Dead Space. You brought up Outlast, not Outlast. You know Outlast. Outlast, yeah, yeah. Outlast is awesome. That's a great game. And these are games where it makes sense that the, those are survival horror in the way of their horror games, even. Mm-hmm. And I mean survival too, just do how you want to kick it around. But the fact of like the narrative makes sense for why you're in that selection. And that's why I love Until Dawn, where you're just a flashlight. And which way do you want to go? And it's gonna you're, you're on the run from this person. They're putting you in situations that make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's coming back though. I agree with Andrew. I think that. There's evidence that it's coming back. I haven't played with Evil Within yet. Signs are that, from what I've heard, that that is a Mikami game. That's great. I can't wait to play it. I have no fucking time to play anything. Um, I want to play Alien Isolation too because, again, I like Alien. I like that whole world. Well, the, the whole universe, I guess I should say. And um, I think that there's evidence that's coming back. I think Outlast was a great game. It was short. You know, you're a journalist. You're, it's like yep. it's very um, uh, incongruent in the way you deal with the world in terms of you're powerless. I think that that's really cool as well. Although that game fell apart at the end. That game sucks at the end. Uh, like most horror, like I think Rosemary's Baby, which is like one of the great horror movies of all time. The way that ends, like the last five minutes is awful. Yeah. Like they can't figure out how to end. Same thing with The Shining, even though yeah. you know, it's like you don't know how to end it, and that's a problem. That they can deal with that at a different time. But I think it'll come back. I was disappointed that Dead Space Two went in that action oriented mm-hmm. way because I felt like they actually captured. It. I felt like it was theirs. You know, like they like. I'm surprised someone at EA and Visceral wasn't like, we got it. Like we we got it. You know, like this is this is survival horror that everyone wants. 
and uh, well, they, let it, they, they let it go. The, when the goalposts keep moving, you, your third installment has to still sell six million copies yeah. to get a fourth. You're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah right, exactly. Um, but yeah, more. I, I just genetically just been thinking more about survival horror and what it is, and I feel like because of the adventure element of the game has been lost, which we were talking about with re- remake. I'm yeah. like, I can't believe I didn't because I'm not a PC gamer and I, I didn't grow up a PC gamer. I didn't realize how adventure oriented these games are and i think that that is another piece of the puzzle that we have to really look at genetically and like why these games work mm. it's not only the the fear and it's not only the the, the limited ammunition i mean you say we go to the, you go to the the they go to there with 15 bullets they go there with a full clip they don't think they're going to be stuck there it makes sense i think within the confines of it but you know there's more to it than that and i think that the evil within apparently i can't speak to it personally apparently gets it you know um so It'll live again. I think the market's going to speak. I think the market spoke loud and clear with Resident Evil 6. I don't think that that, you know, that game did anything what Capcom wanted to do. Um, and so ho- hopefully they remake it. Hopefully they reboot it. And the next one is just Resident Evil. Yeah. They, you know. Yeah, I just think the market has become so splintered um, that trying to get these big publishers to sink a lot of development into... A, like a purist survival horror experience is just unrealistic because it's such a cultist audience. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I personally do not like survival horror games at all. Like for me, I love going to video games and feeling that having that power fantasy sure. and being like a superhero and mm-hmm. feeling like I can do things that I would never be able to do in real life. The idea of like I have to run from an enemy because I can't defeat it is not a fun gameplay experience for me. But I know that a lot of people really enjoy that kind of immersive gameplay. But I just don't think it's enough people that we're going to see it ever grow in a really sizable fashion outside of the indie scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think you're wrong on that. I think, you know, the Capcom marketers, for instance, with RE5, were probably seeing trends that, that were right. That if RE5 was RE4, well, it probably would have done better critically, but that's not what they really care about. In fact, Capcom would be happy if you, if you gave a game a one if they sold 10 million copies, but I don't think they care. You mm-hmm. know, just like any other company. So sure. I think that they have to look at what matters most, and that brings us back to Revelations too. This might give them a bad name on Kotaku and IGN and all these places, but most of the people that are going to buy the game don't read those sites, and that's just that's just the fact of the matter. You know what I mean? They listen mm-hmm. to their friends, they watch YouTube, they're on Reddit. And if that like isn't really a big deal, then mm-hmm. they're not going to care. So that's the way the trends go. There you go. So the final topic for today, Andrea, you are our first host, first guest host ever on this show. So we're going to talk about our video game firsts. What was the first game you ever played? First game you ever owned? First console you ever owned, and first game you ever beat. Oh man! You can go first. Taking it way back. Oh yeah. Um, the first game that I have like vivid memories of playing was the original Super Mario Brothers on NES, because I remember getting it for Christmas for me and my sister. It was a few years after it had come out, and my dad got it, and you know the game came with the console back then. You guys remember when games oh, yeah. came yeah, with that the console? Was topic, that was the topic last week. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing, um, and. We played that game for hours and hours and hours and poured over the strategy guide. I know you hate strategy guides, but back then you had no, to I have just, them. I was, I was making the internet did not exist. Um, I'm dating myself. But um, <laughs> for me, um, that was like, that's why it has kind of planted the seed for a lifelong um, love affair with Nintendo mm-hmm. for me. So that was the first game that I ever played. The first game that I ever beat um, was probably Paperboy. Damn. Could you beat Paperboy? Yes, of course Man. you could. You got skills. Woo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm no. right there with I, you. I couldn't do that. So many hours. Yeah. That damn Grim Reaper coming in on Tuesday. Mm. Fucking up my day. <laughs> 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 what was the first console you owned? So it was the, the NES. NES. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then. All right. There you go. Colin. Uh, 
my first console I owned was an NES. We had an Atari 2600 too, but that was my brother's, and uh, the NES was my brother's as well. Uh, we had like Mario. We had like awful games too, like um, like Athena, which is fucking terrible. It's a terrible game. Uh, Deadly Towers, which Sean Baby used to call Shitty Towers, which is like one of my favorite things ever because that's exactly true. He made the whole box art and everything, so it said Shitty Towers, like it looked. Well, it was perfect because that game sucks. Uh, that was a broader bund game. They had no business making an NES game. Um, and uh, but the game, the first game I remember really playing, we had Mario and all this stuff. The first game that I really remember playing as a youth was uh, Kid Icarus, and um, that game is awesome. That game still, I think, holds up so well. Came out the same day as Metroid. Was like really ambitious. Um, went in a different direction. Metroid was more of a non-linear, like collectathon, get what you can or whatever. Kid Icarus was more of a linear, but also dungeon crawling aspects to it. Really, really super difficult um, and a really great game. Uh, so that's that's the first game. So it was NES and Kid Icarus, and obviously that started my you know we, we've known on here. I was a Nintendo fanboy like you wouldn't fucking believe you know until we. You know, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. As we as we as we talked about it, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So, um, you know, I always have my PlayStation and you know all that kind of stuff too. But, um, so yeah, it was Kid Icarus and on NES. Uh, the first game I remember beating was probably it's probably Mario because you can beat the shit out of that game really easily. It's it's not a hard game. We we've talked about that yeah. before. Like once you figure it out, you can beat it in like you know ten minutes, not even. Um, but yeah, I remember beating Kid Icarus and that game's really hard. I remember having the password written down you used to have to use passwords these games didn't have batteries yep, in them yep, yep, yep. um and uh you know but yeah early memories castlevania castlevania 2 of course mega man mega man 2 uh ninja gaiden uh faxanadu yeah i played a lot of chess master chess master was awesome <laughs> my god remember, yeah, best box chess art ever. yeah oh yeah it's yeah. epic box art right love there. that i wonder yeah. if that guy's still alive probably not but if he is i want him on the chess master himself he looks like he looks like rasputin or something like that you know he looks like just some russian dude did you guys ever play the are you afraid of the dark game for pc no Mm-mm. i really love that did it just was... tell you stories no you had to like go through and solve these mysteries there was a goosebumps game on pc i think it was made by the same people that did that one it was like a kind of adventure game but there was like the fmv stuff going on yeah and all it, that. it feels uh it feels like it's trying to be scary but it's not yeah. really scary well like all of that stuff yeah, exactly. Any are you afraid of the dark or goosebumps episode? Yeah, yeah. But, hmm. Greg. Hey, what about you? All right, I'll start with Ghostbusters. I was talking about this story. Uh, I was a, I was a young kid walking through Toys R Us to buy more real Ghostbusters figures with my mom, and we took a wrong turn down the video game aisle, and we were walking, 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 and out of the corner of my eye, in the old at Toys R Us behind the glass against yep. the wall, I caught the image of the Ghostbusters logo on a Sega Master System game, and I turned and I was like, boom! What is that? My mom's like, that's a video game. And she explained what video games were, and I'm like, I want that. And so for my birthday that year, I got a Sega Master System and the Ghostbusters. Poor child. And that started <laughs> that started my that started my love affair yeah, like with the bizar- Sega. The bizarro. Exactly. The no. bizarro world. Yeah, just like, no, that's how it was back then. No research done. Yeah. No, no, no. Nobody cared. No, my, nobody looked into what was the better system or anything like that. I just threw the money down and got the toy for the kid that he wanted. Or no, whatever. everyone got their information even on Nintendo side from Nintendo Power, which was owned Nintendo by Power. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But no one knew, and when you knew, you didn't even care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. So yeah, I got uh, the Master System, got that Ghostbusters, and that we were off to the races there. So that was your first game you ever played? Yeah. So you I didn't imagine, know what a video game was. You're just like, I, I mean, want like that. it's one of those things. This is a story I've told so much. I don't, I, I don't remember video games before Ghostbusters. Hmm. Was I at someone's house? You probably had an NES. I'd like to think so, but the fact that I, I mean, why would I have not been into that? Why would I have not been into Mario? And I remember, yeah. I remember, I have that's dis- a good question. I have distinct memories of going to kids' house post Master System and seeing an NES, and because I'm pretty sure it was just 
I had no, I, this was it. This is the first time I had ever seen a video game system, the first time I knew anything. Because I have distinct memories of going to my friend's Travis's, my friend Travis's house and him having an NES, just having gotten, we're playing Mario, and I'm like, this is cool, but it's not a match system. Mm-hmm. And like the console war stuff starts already, right? Oh just my like God. This thing. And they had, I'm like, they had, they had Duck Hunt. I'm like, what's this knockoff gun game? My master system comes with a gun game too. This is clearly the knockoff. Oh you know what I mean? Like, it's just you're you have no because there was no internet and there I couldn't read. I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know anything. I couldn't like, read. How old were you? I mean, this is pre-kindergarten, maybe kindergarten. You couldn't read in kindergarten, right? No, no, okay, mean, not. You yeah. learned your alphabet there. There's alphabet on the the you know that's true. going around the. Yeah, room, yeah. I guess most. Oh, okay, that yeah, that's it. It's preschool and then kindergarten. All right, because I remember. My, I, we jumped on, I don't know, whatever. I remember in first grade for a good report card, I was able to convince my parents to buy me a Genesis. And so I had the ma- master system for years before you were just that. sticking with it. Yeah. Now you bought oh, yeah, Genesis. Yeah. This is the interesting thing to me. You bought Genesis before Sonic. No, it, mine came with a pack in Sonic. Oh, okay. Because I had to, I, had I thought you were so, because I had, I did I not start with the You were beast. so crazy. Because Genesis came out in 89, Sonic didn't come out until 91. Yeah, 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 That you were one of those people that bought Altered, like, Altered Beast. Beast. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Which no, 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 no. is the worst game of all time. Yeah. Uh, or like one of those guys that was like Alex Kid. No, 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 <laughs> Alex no, no. Kid. No, I went no, back Alex for Alex Kid. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Alex no, Kid's I, good. Alex at Kid. the jump, at the jump, no, I was, I, I remember it was a big deal okay. that I convinced them. I would them. have loved that. And so, because <laughs> it was the whole like reboot that they talk about in Console Wars, right? Where it's gotta get, and, like they had the mascot mm-hmm. and they had everything, and they rebranded Genesis. That's when it really, that's when it became again. It was something I knew about through comics. Or and whatever. then you bought Saturn. I did buy a Saturn. Oh my yeah. God. I didn't. Which I is didn't. the best that you bought the Saturn. The Saturn is. It's one of those things that's an unforgivable moment with my mother, mm-hmm. where I made my Christmas list and gave it to her, and I had an N sixty four on there, and because I was finally like, I finally you did the thing where you pull yourself away enough to be like something's wrong. <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'm on the right side of history. Wait, so you didn't get an N sixty four? You got a Saturn instead? My mom looked at the list that's and the she goes, "Travesty you've ever heard." She's like, "N sixty four, huh? Are you sure you don't want that new Sega system? You've always been a Sega kid." And you're like, "I was like, I was on the fence, mom, but you're." You're right. Get me the Sega Saturn. I want to no. play. Yeah. I want to play Virtual oh. Fighter. Oh. Ever. Nights so in the sad. Dreams. Yeah. Oh, it was bad news. There were some great games. I mean, like sure. Shining, uh, sure, Shining sure, Force, sure. Shining in the Darkness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then oh. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Panzer Dragoon. Right, oh right, right. Like the seminal. But I mean, like yeah, that was years later. I again, then I went and got the N64. Woke up. Oh yeah. yeah this yeah. is what's Woke up. Because like yeah. that was an unforgivable sin for Sega. I can never go back to Sega after that. And that's why when the Dreamcast came out, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I'm like. Fuck you guys! Really? And then when they failed, was, I was like, "Good." Because that glad. was the first. That was the first second console I got at launch. Yeah. Where I was like, "Oh, maybe I've been wrong this whole time." Because yeah, yeah you're right. Because no, I went, <laughs> because like I was I was such a Nintendo fanboy when I was a kid that like, you know, oh, it's just all about it. NES, SNES, and then when N64 came out, it was so devoid of games. Everyone forgets that N64 no, I don't remember. two games. There were two games on N64 for like two months. Who cares? All you Who need is cares? Mario 64, one of Mario the 64. best games ever made, oh. ever. That's another. That's another. That's another. Com- I don't even oh, know if God. I want to go down that no, road. No, no, Are you no. about to say that Mario 64 right. is not good? No, no. I was, you know what I was going to say. Mario 64 is vastly it overrated. It was groundbreaking. Okay, okay. Mario it is 64 groundbreaking. will be a topic next week. <laughs> it is. It, Mario 64 is the proving ground. Sunshine was the better game. Oh, fuck. Oh, my Sunshine. God. It's Colin. Don't even, I want to repeat that. I want to repeat that. Don't even acknowledge yeah. Super that, Mario that Sunshine was said. Was Cut better. this out of the edits. <laughs> Holy than Mario 64. Mario 64, like, like Ocarina of Time, right? Ocarina of Time was a great game. Mario 64 is a great game. What were the better games? Majora's Mask. And sunshine. Oh wow! You know. Oh wow! You think Majora's Mask is better? Okay. You know I so, love Majora's Mask, but I gotta go. It's okay. Time. But uh, Tim, I want to know what your first game yeah, yeah, yeah. was. All right, all right. So, well, first off, before I even get to that, you were on the wrong track so much. I didn't even know that there was a Sega Master System. Oh no, most people didn't. 
No, like, no, I bring kids over to play video games. I'm like, you want to play games today? They're like, oh, sure. And they come in like, what the fuck is this? Do you not have a Nintendo? And I'd be like, what, no. Well, what's crazy about is that, that is a thing? Is, I didn't know. I didn't know Master System was a thing until like a few years ago. Yeah. Even like it's like it wasn't until you know video games on the internet. I mean, I was so into Master System when I got the Genesis. My parents bought me the adapter so I could still play Master System games on the Genesis. Yeah. That was oh, a cool. Man. That was a cool step. That yeah. Genesis. Genesis was a good machine. Yeah. Super Nintendo embarrassed it, but it was it was sure. a, it was a good yeah. it was a good machine. Yeah. yeah. It was a good machine. So the first game like memory I have playing a game is Prince of Persia on some type of computer system. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Um, and I remember just being like, oh my god, you can interact with this and it was crazy and it blew my mind. Then my dad, when I was in second grade, bought a Commodore 64 and keep in mind, me being in second grade, this man... I was going to say, you're young Super though. Nintendo, like five years ago. Super Nintendo was out at that point. And, uh, but I didn't know anything about all that. And I was playing um, Jumpman on the Commodore 64 and there was a James Bond game and they were just so rudimentary and stupid but like Oh, I'd go to school and I would have nothing more than go home and play this damn Jumpman game. And then uh, one day my mom brought me to Toys R Us and it was a very similar thing. And I just saw the Super Nintendo. I'm like, yes. Oh my God, I want that. And uh, I got it. And that it day like, or did you have to like... Uh, it was that day. Damn, uh, it, that's my, good. Man. I don't know why it happened, but it, it happened that day. And it was it came with the bundle with Super Mario All-Stars plus World. The best single card yeah, of all cartridge. time. That's a great card. And I was just like, holy crap. And I played the hell out of that game. But that was not the first game I beat. None of those Mario games. Did I beat yet? Mario's missing. That was the first game. Oh, God. I did. <laughs> Kevin's fucking uncle is a swindling piece of shit who sold me this little kid. Mario is missing. Trying to, he's, oh, it's a Mario game. Motherfucker. That was uh, not that a game Mario game. That was a goddamn travesty, and you knew it. He also sold me Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster Bust Loose, so I got to give him some, some credit for that. Uh, but the first game I ever beat was Yoshi's Island. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's, that's that was like, pretty late. Yeah, it's mid-90s. 90, 90, that came out in 95, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I probably didn't beat it until a little bit later than that. Um, but I'll never forget. I think I've told this story before. But I was playing the game, and it has six worlds. I didn't know that. So <laughs> when I got to the, the, the castle, like world one to eight or whatever, in the first world, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And I remember I was going to Great America. My friend's dad was bringing us to Great America, and I was like, he's going to be here in like 10 minutes. I need to beat this. And then I beat the boss, and I was like, Yes! I beat a video game. Oh, my God. I was so, so excited. And then it just went to the next world screen. I was like, what? What the I fuck is up this? And I saw it said two, three, four, five, six. And I'm like, oh, my God. And that was that was probably the moment that I was like, video games in my life. This is the best yeah, thing. Yeah, because you have to dedicate your life. To and then I did that. not want to go to Great America. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. But we went Can I all, cancel? Like, the entire I don't time. feel so well. I was just thinking about Yoshi's Island. And oh, man. Yoshi's Island, one of my favorite games of all time. It's funny, man. Like, I want to – it should be a future topic, but – with Greg growing up Sega and then kind of going in other directions, and me growing up Nintendo and kind of going in other directions, like I, I would be, it would be a fun topic to, f- to figure out like when your allegiances were formed and how. And I use allegiances loosely because I played PlayStation, and I had a PS One and, and an N sixty four, and you know, for instance, and then I had a GameCube and Xbox and a PS two. But like when your real love of like these core companies like began and ended, and how they began and how they ended, yeah, like my complete and you were there for Windows, so like my complete oh, meltdown yeah. with Nintendo, yeah. like in two thousand eight, was like one of the funniest things ever. And like I, my I, bet I, the best was when Colin was trying to sell himself on Nintendo still being cool in 2008 <laughs> when he would go home every night and play the Wii and not play other things like what do you he played the worst third party games on Wii that barely ran and had no textures he's like whatever that's what I got like Nintendo yeah I was like Nintendo's the best man what are you talking about it's true but like because like you know NES for instance NES and SNES got me hooked on JRPGs right like Dragon Quest and obviously or Dragon Warrior at the time and Final Fantasy and then obviously all of the Square games and the NX games on SNES so I had to buy a PS1 because I, I that was my JRPG machine and then obviously later on N64 and 
you play whatever you play on that. I mean, there's a lot of great games on it. Um, again, a lot of revisionist history about N64. The, the, the library was actually quite weak. But um, then GameCube came, and GameCube was actually like a great console. Like, I loved GameCube. That was a great console. Mario Golf. Oh, Mario Golf. Yeah, it was okay. I, I still say SNES is probably arguably the best gaming console of all time. I don't think there's an argument to be made. I would so say any. I would still say NES is, is the, my favorite. NES. I want to say I don't want to say best. Yeah, any. I think NES is catalog. Oh, that makes sense for you. Just in terms of pure gameplay, like in pure gameplay, like uh, just you know, like oh my god, like the three Ninja Guidance, three Castlevanias, six Mega Mans, three Mario's. Like there's just like all of these yeah. gameplay masterpieces, like tens. You know, but then again, you go to you go to Super Nintendo. I mean, Mario World is is a ten. So amazing. Uh, like. Yeah, I mean, like that's why I always bust Greg's balls when he had to play S- Sonic, and I'm like, and I hate Sonic so much. Like, I, I've I've never been like, I'm so open about that. I think that game sucks. I love Sonic. And like, oh, and I, I I used to love Sonic. Not I did anymore. too. And then it's I like played Mario the, World I played episode four. Like, Mario crazy. World blows Sonic out of the both. water. Yeah. It's so, but I'd love to know when everyone like that's another topic. But like when everyone turned because like everyone's always like, oh, you're so hard and to me like you're so hard in Nintendo. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. You know, like how on Nintendo's nuts I was. When I was it was like a bad break. No, it was like a bad break. Because I was always, I love PlayStation. I got my PS2 when it came out. I got my, you know, obviously, I couldn't afford a PS3 when I moved here. I was fucking poor. Um, Me too. But, uh, yeah, like, it, you always had your Nintendo consoles. And then it's like, eventually, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I woke up one day. I was like, what am I, I'm like, I remember it was with, uh, like a du- lying in the shower, yeah. pounding on the wall. I, was, I remember waking up. It was when I, the last, the, the, the straw that broke the cow's back was that 007 game. I don't remember what it was when it came out, like, early in the generation. And it was on Nothing. all the consoles, oh. and I played it on Wii U or Wii, and I was like, I and I remember was going in, and I'm like, huh? No, 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 no it wasn't Daniel Goldeneye. It was before one. that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, no. Right? It, no, it wasn't Goldeneye. There, there was a Goldeneye. There, there was a Goldeneye. Craig. There was. There was. There was but that's EA. That was like a remaster. Bloodstone, yeah. I think it was. That sounds right. Yeah. And I was like, um, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I remember being like, I can't. Like, I everyone's enjoying. Oh, you play Halo? Do you play Resistance? Yeah, like all these. And I'm like, no. I'm, Playing fucking Zack and Wiki, whatever the hell it is I'm doing over Wiki. here, and I, and and I was, that's why I can't do it anymore, you know. And, and PlayStation obviously spoke to me at that point, but that, so that would be a fun future topic. I think yeah. it would be to like really identify the time frames and stuff like yeah. that, how and what when works. you like broke or got into something like because we all grew up in the condition was like with your Commodore with your SNES layers, like you were kind of conditioned based on the the purchasing you know decisions of the people around you mm-hmm. i wasn't cognizant if my brother bought me a master system or had a master system and yes it would have been a different story right you'd but we were history, you'd be a history major you would have stopped caring about <laughs> yeah you would have just gotten your professorship yeah exactly it. i just would have went down that line instead i think i think that that's interesting because everyone has those stories and those tales or whatever like mm-hmm. the whole like everyone's like i've always been a, you know if you were a kid and you were always a multi-platform gamer or whatever you're you're lying because like that's not oh, your that's not super rich. yeah exactly yeah. it's yeah. just not possible you know like at least it wasn't possible in my house the only way it could be possible is if you um, look at PC being its own platform, which clearly mm, it is, mm. right? But as a kid, you don't necessarily distinguish that as a platform. Yeah. Um, as adults, you know, we can all say like, yeah, obviously that's a platform. But that was the only thing I had multiple of. I had a PC and a console. So sure, 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 sure. I guess that. It's counts. just PC gaming was so different back then. Oh yeah, it was like Carmen San Diego and shit like that. Yeah, I'd play, but like it wasn't giving you the same experiences. Whereas now, like PC just can do everything, and then it's just like these little exclusives. Off yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. as a kid, there definitely was a difference between a video game and a computer game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 computer yeah. games were things like Chips Quest. No, Chip's like, Quest was awesome. Or, or Chip's Challenge. Chip's Challenge. Chip's Challenge. You're right. Yeah. Chip's Challenge. Oregon I, Trail. Number Munchers. Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yep. Yeah, Chip's Challenge was dope. That was a dope game. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stand a by and play? say Chip's Challenge. Are we gonna do yeah, a let's, let's do a Chip's Challenge? That game was all. I don't know if anyone out there remembers Chip's Challenge. I got it when I got my Sony Vio in '96. It came loaded onto it. 
and that was the first computer I had like in my room. Like we had our family computer or whatever. And I was like, mm. oh man, chips fucking shit. It had like it had like Mech Warrior and all these like beautiful games. And I was like, all I wanted to play was Chip Challenge, like this top down like invent. Like it's it's not even really a good game. Yeah, playing some Ski Free. Oh, Ski Free oh, never man. made any sense. I never mm. even understood what the like, point of that game. The game was, was totally a troll. You're all oh, you're doing too well. Here comes the snowman to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> good lord. Free, damn, dude. That's a well, deep guys. Cut. This has been a very, very good time. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. As our yeah, thank you very much. Me, guys. Yeah, I hope you had a nice time. I only wish I we could have had a refill midway. No. I'm sorry. We could have stopped. Call it for was Nick. so delicious. Nick Nick I'm sorry. We'll make another episode. Can you imagine please make a Nick be the waiter next time? A, a curing pod, a thing of ice, and a little bit of milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching or just enjoying this in whatever just way it. you decided to consume it. Osmosis. We'll be back next week and every day on youtube.com slash kind of funny games until next time.